talks about the seven spirits of God. Yes. And when it goes down the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, and it says in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So it's, it's biblically, it is literally an aspect and a very attribute, a nature of God himself. Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad Norris here with the illustrious Dr. Michael Thornton, Regent University's finest. I'm close on your heels, brother. You're about there. About to be a couple of doctors. Come on, you're going to cross the finish line. You know, it's funny. You and me, we we speak, we teach at Garden Academy here. Kiddos going after the father. One of them asked me the other day, what are you a doctor of? <laughs> I said, what? You're getting a doctorate. What are you a doctorate of? I said, God, <laughs> so you're. That's a good answer. I didn't know what to say. I okay. don't know. It's a fancy way to say you went to school for a long time. I'm tired of going to school, Michael. <laughs> I know. I am going to talk to you today about something I think is going to help a lot of uh, church leaders, ministry leaders, mm. itinerant ministry leaders, just leaders in general. I want to talk about my favorite topic in the world: the fear of the Lord. Wow, it's my favorite topic. Big topic. People ask me all, a lot over the years. You know, you talk about friendship with God a lot, which I do wrote a book on friendship with God. Mm. If there's no fear of the Lord, there's no friendship with God. Absolutely. I just want to talk about fear of the Lord. And I want to, I want to tell you the first passage I ever preached, the first sermon I ever preached. Mm. You want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember your first sermon? I do. Yeah. It was, it was actually a Sunday school sermon to, uh, at the rehab center I was at. And uh, it was on the fruit of the spirit. Was, was it really? Galatians five. Yep. My first sermon I ever preached was how depressed Solomon was at the end of his life, but a statement he made. <laughs> I don't know how the Lord got me to that passage, but I look back. I've been talking about the fear of the Lord for 25 years. Wow. So I would have been, I'm 50 now. I would have been, oh gosh, it was at least 25 years ago. Mm. I preached this verse. It's a pretty good little sermon too. I remember a couple of illustrations. Now all has been heard. Mm. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of mankind. Wow. Solomon. You are a Bible guru. You teach it all the time. When I say Solomon, what do you think of? Well, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind, Solomon is a man of wisdom, great, one of the greatest kings in Israel, and the wealthiest. I mean, there was his wealth was beyond comprehension. But if you put it in one word, if I have to say who is Solomon, the first word that comes is wisdom. Why did he do what so many others did? He starts off really well. He does. What happened? He slides off a mountain. He does. He goes off the deep Jumps end. off a mountain. It's just amazing because it's almost paradox, isn't it? How is the wisest man in the world so wise, but yet he know. comes so far off and away from God? It's, that scares me. Very scary. Uh, he was warned not to intermarry, correct? Yes. So yeah, he, obviously he really the marriages was his downfall. So what, 700, 800 wives? Could you imagine coming home to 700 wives? No. I couldn't imagine it. No, I mean, some of these Bible passages, I'm like, Father, if I'm being honest, this is odd. <laughs> this is weird, God. Yes, but we do know that, you know, a lot of the the wives and the marriages was for political reasons so that they could expand the kingdom with other nations. What is it about humans? Why are we like sheep prone to go astray? I think it's our nature. I mean, it's, it goes back to the fall, doesn't it? It's, it's just part of our human nature to wander, to go astray. And 
really, Chad, what it really sticks to me is, is self. I mean, that's really the biggest enemy we do face. I even wonder if that's even greater than the Satan, the enemy itself that we talk so much about. It seems that ourselves is the great enemy, selfishness, self-centeredness. All right, then do something for me. I want you to define fear of God, mm -hmm. fear of the Lord. What is that to you? And practically, how does a person choose into what your definition is so that we can finish well? Yes. I define the fear of the Lord as, as an attribute of God himself. It is part of who he is. It's an expression divine nature of God. The fear of the Lord is God. Isaiah, Isaiah 11 talks about the seven spirits of God. Yes. And when it goes down the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, and it says in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So it's, it's biblically, it is literally an aspect and a very attribute, a nature of God himself. So that's to me, a starting point of what is the fear of the Lord? It's God. It's God himself. Help me understand this. I'm not, I'm going to read another passage too here in a second. Mm. I'm not sure I even know the answer to this. I'm just more curious. Why do so many uh, priestly leaders, why are so many pastors, why do they fall? Mm -hmm. What is it about our brethren? Because I sure don't want to do that. Yes. What is it? It's a great question. Do we drift from the fear of the Lord? I do. Here's my better question. How does a person begin to drift from the fear of the Lord? What is a strategy? Like, What is a strategy we could give people on how to drift away from the fear of the Lord? My answer, too, would be another question is how did Lucifer drift away from God in heaven? And I think that answer is this connected to this answer. Okay. I, this is what I'm hearing right now from him. He got really familiar. He got too familiar with Jehovah. He got too familiar. Most high God. And uh, is it... Um, Ezekiel and Isaiah passages basically say he looked at himself. He began to look at the jewels that he, he, he looked at himself, all the, the beauty and the wonder that God had created him. He took his eyes off the father, put them on himself. And man, I think that's a recipe you, for walking away. Do you know, I felt like when I asked you the question, <laughs> you, you know me, I just love words of knowledge, Michael. I talk, there's nothing more fun in this, on this earth than talking to God. I still can't believe he talks back to me. Yeah. I asked that question and I felt like he answered it while I asked it. What was it? Re, a way to drift away from the fear of the Lord is mm. begin to read your own press clippings. Wow. That's it. It is harder to remain pure when, which you just said the same thing, focus on yourself. When you start giving success and attaboys. Yes. Attaboys. Michael, when you ain't got no book contract, no one cares what you're preaching. Mm. You're in warfare so much, you got to stay in the prayer room to stay sane. <laughs> it's easier to cling to Abba. Yeah. But let somebody come rolling in. Oh, Dr. Thornton. Mm. Oh, Dr. Thornton, when you teach, <laughs> my spiritual spine tingles. You're amazing, Dr. Michael. That's right. Though. Amber's the luckiest yeah. wife on earth. That's so, it's so true. It's so right. And we do. We, that's how, I think that's how many people fall. Back to the original question. I think many leaders, that's the starting point. We read our own press, press clippings and it begins to take us away. You know, it's a danger sign. And I actually have a heart for pastors and leadership. Mm -hmm. and it's so hard being in ministry. A danger sign is whenever Chad Norris's mm. personal sin doesn't grieve me, yeah, I'm in trouble. That's that's another great there, point. There is he has shown me recently that there is um, how do I say this? A redeeming side to sin. That'd be a weird title of a book, mm. and that is. Do I get grieved mm. when I know I've stepped out of line? I had to clean something up with mm. my older son the other day. 
And I was laying in bed and it broke my heart what Abba said. Abba said, I need you to clean the conversation. I was like, whoa. Um, it was conviction. Yes. And, and Michael, I can, I can prove in scripture and I pastored enough people. It's possible to get to a place where you don't get convicted anymore. That's what right. is that all about? That's a, that's a bad place. That because, that's because our hearts get so numb and so hard. Um, you know, and, and it's so funny. We had a Holy Spirit class uh, at the college today that we were talking about this. And one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit in our life, the Bible says it's to convict us of sin. It's also to, to show us the righteousness that we have, but it's also to convict us of sin. And for me, the best analogy I've always said is that how does the conviction of the Spirit work in, in times like this in our life? It's just like driving on an interstate and you're driving, you're focused, you're going in one direction. But then if you kind of nod, you fall asleep, you're not paying attention, maybe on the phone. I'm not saying, hey, I've done that before too, few times. And you're not paying attention, you begin to drift and you hit the you hit that uh, rut system. I don't know what it's called, but you know where it goes, do, 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 do in your tires. And that's an alarm, a wake up call to let mm -hmm. you know, if you don't straighten the wheel back, you're going to go into a ditch. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's just a great way to look at the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if I begin to ignore that warning sign, I'm going in the ditch. Didn't you uh, back into a car in your own driveway six months ago? I backed into Amber's car, my wife's car. And the Holy driveway. Spirit showed Amber it was a warning to slow down for you? Yes. Well, for me, well, let me tell you what happened. That day I was in such a rush. I was running late and I was trying to get the kids to school. And I just hit the side of our other car. <laughs> Couldn't believe Brand it. Brand new car, right? Brand new car. <clears throat> that day we had a guest speaker here in our staff meeting, Alan Dio. And at the end of the meeting, we were standing outside. I, Adeline, Alan didn't know any of this. And we just get to talking. And Alan was telling me about one of his great heroes that he reads about. And he goes, Michael, do you know what this guy always used to say at a random? I said, what? He goes, God's never in a hurry. And <laughs> I just got so convicted. And I said, that's what he's teaching me right now because I was in a hurry this morning. You know what the Father showed me recently is a, I don't want to say cure, but is wise steps. What The question is what keeps us in awe of God? John Bevere's new book coming out. What mm. keeps us fearing God? The Father showed me for me personally, I'm not trying to make it anyone else's conviction, two hours a day in the secret place. Wow. A day. Mm. And there's, when I was younger, I'd be like, Two hours in a single place? Yes, two hours. The older I get and the more I'm responsible for to lead and the more that God is expanding my sphere of influence, Yes, going in a marketplace, starting businesses, seeing prosperity come, I can, tell you, I can tell you a way to throw my life away, get out of that secret place. Yeah, wow, that's huge. You know, it reminds me, I read, a, I read an article on Billy Graham's life one time and it was an interview and it was right before he passed, not that long. And basically the interviewer was saying, hey, Billy, um, if, if you can go back, if you could do something different, or basically was asking, do you have any regrets or anything like that? You know what Billy responded in the article? He said, yeah, I have one. He said, I wished I would have spent more time with him and reading the word, which is essentially what you're saying. And uh, when we look at Billy Graham, we're thinking, God, this guy was, you know, he's just, he was a hero for the Lord, for the faith. But yet at the end of his life, he's wishing he would have had a little bit more time to spend with him. I think that's powerful. This past weekend, I went to the national championship game with my son. Mm. And I part of me regretted going because it took so long to get out there and get back. Mm. I, we were gone 50 total hours and 35 of them were traveling. Wow. Think about that. That's a, that's a lot. Plane rides and then six-hour drive from Vegas to LA. Anyway, you know what the father told me in the prayer room this morning? Hmm. 
I didn't send you out there for the game. I sent you out there to be with Sam. Oh, wow. That's, you know that Disney huge. World has designed their park. He's reminding me right now. You have to stand in line with your families. Mm. Some dads are like, I'd rather be tortured with toothpicks in my eyes than go to Disney. <laughs> Disney is a place that you're forced to spend quality time. Yes. And I tell you what's, what's really wild is when you get to a place with ABBA to where Secret Place becomes more pleasure than pressure. Because mm. fear of the Lord, in essence, let me give you my working definition of fear of the Lord. Yes. Being, being in awe of the majesty of God, you are God and I am not. Mm. The way in which I think the fear of the Lord stays paramount, if you keep staring at God through his word, right? Yes. If you keep your eyes focused on him, you don't really have to remind yourself how small you are. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? Right. Yep. Uh, there's a proverb mm -hmm. I read this morning. What's that guy's name? Weird name. Agur, 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 Agur. Uh, one of the guys in the Proverbs. Was yeah, it? Was, Agar or yeah, it's something, in, something like that. He, yeah. Yes. He basically said, it was. It sounded a lot like Job. Who, who has ascended to grab the wind, mm. bundle it and tell it what to do? Who... <laughs> I am, he says, I am a man with no wisdom. I am stupid. Mm. Basically, it looked like he had made some mistakes and the whole idea is, you are God, I am not. What My point is this, to stay underneath the banner of the fear of the Lord, it's not really having to memorize anything. It's just you keep staring at how big he is yes. and you will be reminded how small you are. That's a really good way to My sister-in-law, Aaron Freeman, got a job one time at a bank. And you know what they trained her for a few weeks on when she first got the job? What's that? How to detect illegal currency. <clears throat> wow. Guess guess how they did it. Do you know this? No. She was made to Counterfeit study. Counterfeit money. She was made to study real money. Wow. Interesting. So she's looking at what the real thing is first. Yes. And that would help her to detect the counterfeit. Yeah. For ministry leaders, you start looking at what you're leading. Wow. That's the you counterfeit. You stop looking at the king. Wow. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think I, I think that the fear of the mm. Lord, well, it says, I just wrote down my journal, fear, Proverbs 1, 7, fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. I got to read you this passage. When's the last time you read Malachi three sixteen? It's been a while. This will get you wound up. Let's you ready? go. Yes. I, I don't know. I've never preached this. I want to preach. I think there's about 200 passages on fear of the Lord. Ooh. I want to do a 200-week series on fear of the Lord. <laughs> I shrink a church. I know I shrink a church. I'll shrink it to seven people. That is incredible. You ready? Yes. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, mm. and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. Wow. Wow. Can I read that again? Yeah, read it again. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. That's honor. incredible. Honor. Honor. You see honor connected with the fear of the Lord. Now, that goes back to a previous conversation we had. And then about honor, I believe you, one of those definitions of honor you get is to look at something uh, as, as common versus uncommon. Mm -hmm. Man, that, that is huge. Honor is the fear of the Lord. Is uh, the passage in Revelation about the elders in heaven who cast their crowns down before? Yes. Them? I'm sure other people have written on this, but I, there's no telling. I mean, there's no new thought under the sun. I, I know why they do it. I do. I know what they do. Ain't nobody taught me how to. Why do they do it? I've had two encounters with the Lord in my life that I would not desire to have again. Mm. They both. They were both him. Had no devil in it. It was. I mean, I felt like mm -hmm. less than less than. It, wow. His Majesty filled the room to where I was. I couldn't believe it. I think those elders. 
they chunked those crowns down before his feet. Of like, who am I to wear a crown? Mm. He probably just puts it right back on their head. Puts it right back on their head. I've, I've, yeah. I'm sure there's been other people talk about it, preach it, write about it. I know that's not some new thought, but I think it's almost like when you're, it's like get this thing off me. What? Yeah. What's he's reminding me now? Simon Peter said when he caught all those fish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. Get away from His me. His majesty really makes me aware of my non-majesty. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, his awareness and seeing him rightly. I mean, look what Isaiah said in Isaiah 6. I, I behold my eyes see the Lord, the King. Man, I am a, I am a sinful man. You know, he goes on to say that my lips are unclean. Isaiah 6 in that yeah. encounter. And basically he's seeing a glimpse of the King, the train of his road filled the temple. But he said, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people who are unclean. And it does. It really puts who we are in perspective. But what I love about that is that it doesn't and is not designed to lead us to shame or self-condemnation. It's actually designed to lead us closer to him, more to him. And that to me, that's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord draws us to God. It should draw you to God. It should invite you to know him more. There's something I'm noticing Mm -hmm. as I get older. This morning, I woke up a day closer to being in heaven with him forever. Yes. I caught a glimpse of me in the mirror the other day, and I'm like, dang, son, you're aging. You're getting a bit, little bit older. There's some wrinkles on that face. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. I'm like, fine, why I keep getting better. I'm not worried about it, Michael. There but you go. What I'm saying is this. <laughs> as I get older, mm-hmm. you get smaller. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I, I'll be honest. When you're in your 20s and 30s, you – you can get all bowed up like you're a big buck out in the wilderness, just run, you know, the king of the jungle. No, not when you're older. There's something about as my mortal body gets closer to glory. Yes, I, I ain't that big a deal. It, it to me, it seems like things are more simplified. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I woke up this morning and and I was coming. I was waking up. You ever been in that place where it's subconscious and you just wake up? Mm-hmm. And he spoke to me. I heard him what loud and clear. He spoke a Bible verse, and 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 it's in Micah. It's in another passage. It's in Micah six eight. And he said, "Oh man, know what is right, to love justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God." I heard that so loud and so clear this morning. To love justice to love mercy and to walk humbly. That he, Basically that verse says, that's what I require from a man is those three things. And, and that just really hit me hard this morning. I think a lot of ministry leaders, not, who in the world ever sets out to throw their lives away like Solomon did? Yes. There's a lot of ministry leaders who get burned out. And they never, that's not what they ever wanted. No. When you're young, you're, you want him. But I see, we see so many pastors and mm-hmm. leaders fall because they stop fearing the Lord. Yep. They stop gazing upon his beauty. And unfortunately in ministry, the biggest addiction that I've ever helped someone get free from is not chemical substance or sexual addiction. It's addiction to ministry. ministry. That's right. It's about the hardest thing I have ever seen someone get free from. It's tough. I bless you that you would stay underneath the banner of the fear of the Lord. May you be mm. a leader that fears the Lord all the days of your life, knowing that one day, You will stand before him, be held accountable to your life. May you just remain small in your own eyes and keep him huge in your own mind. Go in peace. God bless. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.